Welcome to Timeless Truth with Pastor Jim Thomas, a resource of the Village Chapel in Nashville, Tennessee. This week we're continuing our study of Ephesians, looking more closely at chapter 4. If you'd like more resources like this one, check out our resources library at thevillagechapel.com resources. Our team carefully curates a variety of articles, books, and video content. We pray these tools will help you to think biblically in all categories of life so that we all might be formed more into the likeness of Christ. Now for our study this week, here's Pastor Jim. Good day, folks. Pastor Jim Thomas from the Village Chapel here in Nashville, Tennessee, with your daily devotional. Hey, we're walking through Ephesians, and uh, this will be our final installment in Ephesians chapter 4, one of the most practical chapters in the entire Bible. Um, Paul, the apostle, brings together Christian belief, Christian experience, and Christian ethics, and he weaves a tapestry of indicatives and imperatives that reveal a portrait of authentic Christian living. Paul wants us to resist everything that tears down our oneness in Christ and to diligently, self-sacrificially build up each other in Christ. Notice the structure of these um, imperatives as I read them. There'll be a negative command followed by a positive command, and in most cases, followed up with a theological motivation. He'll say something like, lay aside or put off something, and then he'll tell us what to put on or how, what, what to, what's the positive uh, counterpart to that, and then he'll tell us why that's important. So let me read the last little portion here of Ephesians chapter 4. Before I do, I will pray, and if you'll join your heart with mine, Lord, we are indeed grateful for your word that it's living and active. We thank you that, Lord, while it uh, stirs up so many questions as we stand in wide-eyed wonder at the timeless truths and beautiful mysteries of the gospel and uh, of your great wisdom, here we are offered some clarity and we thank you for that. Pray, Lord, that it would be not only informative, but that it would be inspiring and encouraging to us, each and every one of us, in our Christian walk with you. Pray this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. The Apostle Paul, in verse 25 of Ephesians chapter 4, says, Therefore, and we don't even need, I probably don't need to say this, but we always ask, what is it therefore? It connects what he's about to say with everything that he has just said. So if you haven't listened to the previous couple of episodes here in chapter four, I think there are four episodes before this one, I encourage you to go back and listen to those. With all of that in mind, in other words, he says, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity. Let him who steals steal no longer, but rather let him labor, performing with his own hands what is good, in order that he may have something to share with him who has need. So you move from being a thief to being a philanthropist here. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, that it may give grace to those who hear. I love that verse. It uh, has been one of those ones that all the way back in high school, I remember we had uh, we, we had it as part of our scripture memory plan uh, in our youth group. Let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth, 
but only such a word as is good for edification. That word means building up. Okay, so it's a it's very very much a construction term. You know, building up others. Okay, according to the need of the moment. So it's very aware and sensitive to the need of the moment that it may give grace to those who hear. And then verse thirty. I love this. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. In verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. That's just an amazing section of verses. Ephesians 4, 25 to 32. And again, here I think Paul is saying to all of us, resist everything that would tear down the community or your union in Christ with one another. Um, Diligently, self-sacrificially, patiently. Let's go back to the beginning of the chapter. With humility, with gentleness, uh, with peace, with forbearance, with love, in all of those, with all of those kinds of things, marking the disposition of your hearts. Um, he now wants us to s- diligently and self-sacrificially build each other up in Christ. Again, note the combination, the way he so artfully does this, weaving together his imperatives uh, with a negative command, then a positive command, and then the theological motivation for doing that. Um, and it, we really see it in the uh, in the first one, for instance. He says, "Lay aside falsehood." Okay, that's the negative. Don't don't lie. Don't tell lies anymore uh, with uh, with your neighbor. But uh, speak truth with each one. Lay aside falsehood. Don't speak falsehood anymore. Positively speak truth to one another. And then there's a reason that's given for it. For we are members of one another. I love these injunctions. They're um, helpful, as I say, because there's, they're offering us the kind of clarity that we need. If we want to work toward preserving the unity of the Spirit, the unity of the brother, brothers and sisters in Christ, the, the body of Christ, then we will cease lying, being angry, Uh, stealing, allowing unwholesome speech to flow from our mouths, um, uh, harboring malice. And rather than that, we'll do the opposite of all of that. And it's fascinating to me to think about the people in the first century. If those were temptations for them that they struggled with, how much more so in our day and time with with social media and and, uh, the way we were given sort of the opportunity uh, moment by moment to be able to literally let somebody have it with our thumbs. You know, we're, you know, in our day and time, instead of uh, verse uh, 29 saying, let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth, he might have added, or any unwholesome words proceed from your thumbs or from your, um, your uh, you know, you're at your IP address or whatever it might be. So lying, anger, theft, unwholesome speech, tendency toward malice, uh, again, if they were a big temptation in in the first century, surely huge temptation for us in our day and age, which we might call the call today the the culture of outrage. Um, cult, outrage is really it's like kudzu. It's the uh, 
the, the weed that is going to grow up all around us, smother us, cover us, and choke us out if we're not careful. The word unwholesome there for verse 29 in the Greek is sapras, and it could be used to describe spoiled fish, rotten fruit, or crumbling um, concrete or, or crumbling stones, if you will, that are just being broken up. So don't use words that spoil, that rot, or that destroy, the Apostle Paul says. Uh, rather than that, speak the truth to one another. And he's already said speaking the truth in love back in verse 15. So he's just building on all of that, isn't he? Verse 30, so beautiful. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Um, wow. Verse 30, reminding us that the Holy Spirit is a, is a person. Um, the Holy Spirit wants us to live in one way and not in another. Uh, the Holy Spirit has the, the quality traits of a person. That is, the Holy Spirit can be grieved. Um, we, we can delight the Holy Spirit by speaking the truth and building one another up. We can grieve the Holy Spirit by, by getting angry, by being malicious with our, with our speech, by uh, pretending that all of a sudden every, every time we get in somebody's presence or every time we go online, rather than going online into a public square where uh, there's this civil discourse of the exchange of ideas and thoughts and, and, and helpful um, conversation. Instead, it becomes a boxing ring uh, or a rage cage match. And uh, rather than all of that, um, the Apostle Paul is saying, you be an example of how the life of Christ within the body of Christ flowing through the people of God can be an illustration of how things can be set right. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Reminds me again that this uh, letter to the Ephesians is thoroughly Trinitarian. We see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit mentioned throughout. And uh, verse 30 is indeed another example of that. And that Christian ethics, um, it's, it's not merely about breaking religious rules. Uh, if he says we can grieve the Holy Spirit, then the opposite could also be true. We can delight the Holy Spirit. And so it's not just about following rules, checking boxes and trying to <clears throat> earn some moral capital or some spiritual capital or something. No, no. It's about delighting the heart of our God. It's about, because all of those indicatives are true, in response, out of gratitude, we want to uh, return our lives to Jesus, the one who's given us our lives in the first place and then given it to us again in Christ. And we want to uh, live in such a way that Jesus would live if he were us. That's what discipleship really means, following Jesus. It means living your life as Jesus would if Jesus were you. Throughout today and all of the encounters you have today, all the people you have to talk to, all the people that might even be annoying you in some way, but it's, it's simply being Jesus or being like Jesus in that moment that you're with those folks. Richard Gibson has a, uh, is one of the contributors to a book called The Consolations of Theology, um, which was uh, edited, put together by um, a new friend of ours here at the Village Chapel, Dr. Brian Rosner. And in Richard Gibson's chapter, um, he says, it is the cross that allows us no demands of us that we put down our weapons and let go of our anger. There, God's righteous anger against us was appeased. Now he calls us to the same forgiveness so that our relationships are ruled by grace and kindness 
rather than bitterness and revenge. Let me say that last uh, sentence one more time. Now, the Lord calls us to the same kind of forgiveness so that our relationships are ruled by grace and kindness rather than bitterness and revenge. And I thought about that quote uh, quite a bit uh, since I included it here in my notes. And I, I was trying to think about it in each of the different kinds of relationships that I have. And I would encourage you to do the same. As uh, it's, you, you can find it in the show notes, um, either on the platform you're watching or listening, or you can visit the web, uh, thevillagechapel.com website and you'll be able to find the show notes for chapter four of Ephesians there. But I love this quote because uh, when you look at your life through the perspective of the cross and all that God has done for you in Christ, how can you do anything other than um, uh, respond in like manner to others with grace, with kindness? Because of the grace and kindness that's been shown to me is overwhelmingly huge compared to the grace and kindness that I end up showing to others. And then one last quote before I let you go. Uh, this one from Tim Keller and John Inazu. This is a book that goes back a few years before. Of course, most of you know Tim has gone home to be with the Lord. But um, this book was called Uncommon Ground. And uh, I first learned about it through an organization called the Trinity Forum. And I went to hear uh, John Inazu give a talk and was sort of captured by his his thoughts and then picked up a copy of Uncommon Ground and read it. But uh, he and Tim Keller together uh, put the, put this kind of a this would be, be a real nice cap I think on our um, on our study of Ephesians chapter four here for Christians they say the two of them the uncomfortable question is this if we have been loved despite our flaws and if we have discovered the greatest thing in the world in Christ how can we be either abrasive or quiet about it? That knowledge produces the tolerance, but more than that, it produces the love we need. Lastly, the gospel removes fear. While we should be concerned to not needlessly offend people, the assurance of God's love and acceptance should give us the courage to face criticism and disapproval. Now, they're talking in the, in the book on Common Ground a lot about how we can uh, as Christians, how we can be a witness in the world, and especially in the watching world, a world of folk who are outside of the faith or don't, don't have not yet come to believe the gospel and trust in Christ. But I think this is another example of how, uh, and we see this in Ephesians as well, all of the indicatives and the imperatives come together in a life that is uh, sold out to Christ and in a life that has been transformed and changed by the gospel. We're no longer just trying to reach for tolerance, trying to tolerate people. We're seeking to love people. And I think, I think these guys are right on when they say this. If we have been loved despite our flaws, and if we have discovered the greatest thing in the world in Christ, how can we be either abrasive, you know, like mean-spirited as we talk to people about our faith, or quiet, that is withholding telling them the truth about this beautiful gospel, uh, this good news that God has put on offer for you and for me about him being able to transform and change lives, even lives that have been going one way for a long time. He can, he can come and literally uh, turn us inside out, make us new creations in Christ. Let's 
walk that out today, all right? Let me pray for us and we'll let you go. Lord, thank you for the good news of the gospel, the greatest news the world has ever known. Pray for each and every one of us today that in each and every one of these categories that the Apostle Paul talks about, Lord, as I look at the text, uh, praying even right now, thinking about these things, uh, that we would learn to speak truth um, in love with each other, that we would um, if we are angry, we'd be angry at the right things, but never let the sun go down on our, on our anger. Um, yes, Lord, help us in that, especially those who struggle uh, with anger and with frustration. Help us, Lord, in our speech to allow no unwholesome word, no rotten word, no words of malice or contempt. It's just not attractive on us, and it's certainly not it doesn't represent the gospel well. So as we go about today, I pray, Lord, all of our speech <clears throat> would be the kind of speech that comes uh, from people whose lives have been dramatically changed by you. Holy Spirit, walk with us, please, this day. Um, uh, convince us of what is true. Convict us of our sin and conform us into the image of Christ, we pray in his dear name. Amen. And amen. God bless you. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to today's study. Take a moment to leave a review and share this episode with friends and family. You can stay connected by signing up for our newsletter or follow us on social media. At the Village Chapel, we believe God's word is unique in its source, timeless in its truth, broad in its reach, and transforming in its power. For more resources or to support our ministry, visit our website, thevillagechapel.com.